Howdy, everyone. Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for this platform. Thank you for all you long-term listeners that listen every Monday morning. If you're brand new to this channel, I appreciate you. Settle in. We have some fun stories to tell. I want to tell you about the worst day I've ever had on tour. And that story, uh, that, that, that claim is very debatable because I've had some had some crazy times. I've fallen off the stage, broken ribs, punctured lungs, dislocated shoulders. Uh, I've got eight stitches in the front of my forehead from running into a speaker one night. If you tour as long as we have, you're bound to have crazy stories. This one is none of those that I mentioned. This is something I haven't talked about ever before, and it's probably the worst night we've ever had on tour, and it's worth telling. I'm very grateful that this podcast has some sponsors that keep it going, keep the, the guys that edit this podcast and available to you. It keeps them paid. This first one is my bookie. It's summertime and my bookie. That can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contest, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning is all about your chance to win big. Now you could bet on NBA playoffs. You could bet NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. It's the craziest sport fall of your lifetime. It's right here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash, invest in your intuition, select from hundreds of future bets, or you can get your games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use the promo code Granger and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. This podcast is also brought to you by features. There's little things you could do in your life and the little things end up changing big things. Now, if I'm writing a song, I could change one line and it completely turns the song from a crappy song to a hit song. And those little things matter. And that's where features comes in. Changing your socks could make a huge difference in your daily walks or while you're hitting the links. Runners worldwide have made features their socks of choice, and now you can get the same benefits specially tailored for the golf course. Their elite golf socks help keep the feet cool and dry and blister-free while providing a custom fit that will not bunch up or slip whenever you're doing your backswing. Features has an engineered sock with targeted compression, anatomical design, and moisture-wicking material for unsurpassed performance. Now, what do you love most about Features? I'll tell you what. This is a sock that's unlike any other sock I've ever put on. It just feels like, you know that feeling when you put on a good glove? Socks should be that same way, and that's what Features are. Um, they, you could not. I'm not a huge golfer, but whenever I do, I, I need the little things to matter because I suck at the sport. But I use it for working out. I use it for um, when I'm going on walks or runs. I wear them inside my boots. I'm wearing them right now. The, the targeted compression it hugs the arch of your foot and keeps your sock in place from preventing bunching and slipping and sliding down into your shoe. Uh, it's it's a it's a proudly family owned business. Um, and it's founded in 2002, and now Hugh and his sons, John and Joe, own and operate the company in North Carolina. Their mission is to create products that help you achieve your personal best. Feature socks will change how you feel about socks forever, so you can get $10 off your first pair of features when you use the code Granger at features.com. That's features, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com, promo code Granger, $10 off your first pair. I am a little embarrassed to tell you about this story. I'm a little embarrassed to tell you about the most embarrassing slash uh, worst night of my touring life. Um, But like I said, it's worth telling. New album comes out September 25th. Uh, Thank you guys for pre-ordering, pre-saving, getting ready. I'm going to start teasing more and more of that music as we go. Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast. Roll the intro.
with cans and diesel, mud tires and smoke. Long line of four by fours bumping down an old back road. Raise your cold ones high, it's a redneck invasion. So the worst night of my career, the worst night on tour, I had forgotten about this. And I guess it's hard to forget, but um, maybe I wanted to forget about it. But this was Oklahoma City. I don't, I don't remember exactly the year. I, I think it was around um, 2009, 2010, somewhere in that, that era of me touring. We were in a, a van and trailer, and we were playing the Wormy Dog Saloon in Bricktown, Oklahoma City. I don't, I don't even know if Wormy Dog is still around. So you guys comment below uh, if you're, if you're, if you know, if you're from there and you know, if Wormy Dog is still around, but um, man, what a, what a place that was. Wormy Dog Saloon. You could imagine by that title, uh, what kind of place this was. We were not very popular. We would usually draw, if we played Oklahoma City, we would draw a hundred people. I'd say it, it probably held about 800 and we we were good for drawing a hundred. So then you add in the people that would have been there on a normal night anyway, on a Friday or Saturday, um, maybe that's 50. So we would end up like the 150 people. That's to put in perspective what kind of band we were at the time. We did have an opening act. I remember it was Kyle Park. And Kyle was opening for us that night. I'll never forget his face when he witnessed what happened. It all started when we went to eat dinner before the show, we went to a Mexican restaurant in Oklahoma city and I got shrimp enchiladas. A lot of you might know where this is going already, but shrimp enchiladas. And as soon as I got back to the hotel, this is like before we were on a tour bus. This is when we, this is what our routine would be. We would go in, we'd load in sound check, go eat some dinner, go back to the hotel and rest for a little bit and then get up there about an hour before showtime. So we go back to the hotel and my stomach just started feeling, it started feeling not right. You know, that feeling when you eat something bad and it's different, it's a different kind of something's wrong with my stomach feeling than any other normal time. And it comes on quick. So it's, it's not, it's not like the flu or, uh, it's food poisoning. (laughs) You got, you all know what that feels like. It's very different. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm in denial. I'm thinking, oh no. Not, not tonight, not now, which is a funny way to think because we were, we tour all the time besides the shutdown we've had in 2020 touring happens all the time. So you just have to be good. You know, if you, if you have, uh, if you have the flu or some kind of sickness, you either have to play through it. Uh, like I said, this is before pandemic days, but you either have to play through it or, um, God forbid you have to cancel for something like that, which I never have. I've never canceled ever canceled a show because of a sickness. I've always played through it. And I've had, I've had some nightmare ish shows playing through a sickness. Um, and the worst of that is when you have some kind of sinus infection or, um, some kind of lung problem, bad, really bad allergies where you actually can't sing. And so I've been through shows where I have to sing everything. I have to sing a different melody to these songs, usually laying off the high parts of the show. So if I have to sing high melodies, I would sing the lower harmony of that particular chorus. And that sucks. And usually, luckily, people don't really know I'm doing that on purpose. They just think maybe I'm kind of loose with my melodies that day, or maybe they don't even notice at all. Maybe they're just happy to be there partying at the, in a concert environment. And that hasn't happened very often. It's only happened a couple times I can remember. This, this night, this wasn't uh, allergies. This wasn't, um, uh, I couldn't control my voice. I couldn't sing high notes. This wasn't any of that. This was a stomach bug. This was food poisoning. This was bad shrimp enchiladas. And I felt that and I was in denial. I was just thinking, no, please not, not that, not that something else indigestion. We'll blame it on that. Something, something, maybe I'm got a cold coming on 
and tomorrow I'll be, I won't be that good, but I can get through tonight. No, it just kept getting worse and worse. And I wasn't really telling the band about it because I just, I didn't want them to be thinking about something that was going to be my problem, not theirs. So we get to the show. I'm just all kind of grumbly. You know, my stomach's just kind of gurgling. You know that feeling? I go on and what I remember is the first song going out there and the lights from the stage were on me. And those lights felt like they were a thousand degrees. It felt like I was out in the hot sun. And so I started sweating just from the slight temperature change of being in the lights. I started sweating. My forehead is just started dripping and I made it through probably about three songs heating up like that and starting to sweat. And then I felt my stomach and I felt that feeling when there's no turning back. You know what I mean? You know that feeling when you think, am I going to throw up? And there's a lot of, am I, am I, am I? And then there's this, there's this point of no return when you think, okay, I am, I'm definitely going to throw up and I need a place. It's like that, you know, when a dog goes off to die, they need to go find a place to die. That's kind of where I was. Where am I going to throw up? I have a 90 minute show ahead of me and I'm three songs in. I'm going to throw up. Well, once that thought, I don't know about you, but once that thought gets in my head, I'm going to, it doesn't take long after that. So I remember being playing this song and we have these microphones on the stage. We call them talkback mics. And these, we wear in-ear monitors. So it's in our, their earbuds inside our ears. So I go to the talkback mic, which only talks to the band, not the crowd. And I say, I say, just vamp. Vamp means just play, just keep playing. Just keep making up stuff as you go. No singing, just instrumentation, just play, just vamp. And I leave the stage and I go out back. And luckily, hindsight, this was a little bit, a little bit of a blessing. Luckily, there's a back door to the stage with steps that go down to the alley and there's dumpsters out there. So I, I, hopefully you guys are listening on Monday morning and not eating right now. I don't want to gross anybody out, but I go back to the dumpster and I throw up. And it's you know, like in my ears, I hear the band, they're just playing. And it seems like they're playing for an hour. It was probably like an extra 30 or 45 seconds. And I come back on and you know, that feeling right, like right when you relieve yourself, you feel good. You're like, okay, whoa, man, that was good. I feel better. I feel better. So I got it back up and I finished that song, started another song, started another song. And by, by about two and a half songs later, I felt it again. And then it start the whole process starts over mentally. It's like, I think I'm going to go again. No, I am. I am going to go again. So we get to the guitar solo, go back to talk back. Hey guys, vamp. By the way, nobody knows what's happening. Not the crowd and not my band. No one knows that I'm going out. And so then after that one, it was just dry heaves. Go out to the dumpster, just dry heave. They're, they're in there playing in my ears. I go back. All right. Okay. I think I feel good. I feel good. Go back in. Start over. Two, two songs later, I go back. Guys, we played 20 songs that night. That's about an average amount of songs we play in 90 minutes, about 20 songs. Every two songs, I was going out to the dumpster and just dry heaving my brains out. Just like so dried, nothing's coming out. You know, just, ah, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. And I was going back in and it, probably every time I came in, my face is more pale. I'm weaker. I'm sweating profusely. And I think, you know, the, the crowd started to know something's wrong with this guy. The band definitely knew by then. By the time I left the second time, like maybe the first time they thought I just had to pee really, really bad and misjudged my time, <laughs> my bladder. But by the second time they knew that's not in my personality. This is not something I normally do. I look over and I see Kyle Park, the opening act staring at me just wide-eyed like what is going on maybe people thought i was a meth head like i just really had to get my fix i was shooting up heroin maybe i don't know i don't know what they thought i didn't i didn't talk to many people that night but every two songs i would go and dry heave 
So like 10 times out of, out of 20 songs, I went out there and <sighs> humiliated, uh, embarrassed. And the, the emotion that trumps all those is just sick. I was just sick. And that is an emotion <laughs> at some, at some level, <laughs> I was so sick. And we finished the show. I'd never been happier to finish a show, but we went all the way through. We played all the way to the end. And by then the band knew like, man, he's this guy's, he's sick. He must've got food poisoning. So we were in the van and in the back of our van, we had the two bench seats. It's a, it's a, it was a Chevy, um, 3,500 express van. So it has four bench seats and we still have that van, by the way, I took the two bench seats out in the back and made bunks. So we had four bunks in the back. So I was laying back there in a bunk and my head was in the back of the bunk, right where the va the van doors open. And so I had to right off the show. I went straight there, you know, boots on everything on all my clothes on I go get in the bunk and I leave that back van door cracked and I would just open it up, dry heave, close it, open it up, dry heave, close it. And the band's loading the trailer. And it, which was also another, another thing for me, I always helped them load the trailer. So, um, losing two more hands from me was made the load in take even longer. And by this time, a couple of hours have gone by since I've been on stage and I was just exhausted, so tired, completely dehydrated. But every time someone would bring me like a little sip of Gatorade, I would just throw it up dry heave or it would just come, you know, the Gatorade would come right back. And then we drove home from Oklahoma city to central Texas is, I believe we were living in college station. That's about six hours, six hour drive. So for six hours, I had a little bucket back there and nothing was coming out, but air, but I was dry heaving the whole way home. Um, finally caught a little bit of sleep I made it home to College Station, Texas, crawled out of the van. God bless the band for uh, picking up where I left off and picking up the slack and taking turns driving. I was always a big part of taking turns driving and helping load up and navigating home. And I wasn't a part of anything. Uh, and when I went to bed that night, I slept like a baby and woke up the next day and was fine. And lived through the worst day on tour. And I pray to God, like I said in the intro, I have, I have broken ribs, punctured lungs, dislocated shoulders, got stitches, numerous other injuries. And I would take any of those over. Uh, I've lost my voice. Uh, I would take any of those over having... The, the stomach bug, food poisoning, and trying to play a 90-minute show it was absolutely terrifying. And I hope I didn't gross you guys out. It's good to tell the story. I'm going to answer some questions that you guys sent in. And I harvested these questions from Instagram. And I set something up. This is new for this podcast today. Um, I set up an email address, and this is grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have a question, email that and put question in the subject line and ask your question. And so then I could start going through, I'll start, instead of going to Instagram all the time, uh, I'll grab questions from your email. And I think that'll be a better way for me to, and you could also write more because I've noticed that people, when they go on Instagram, they can't, they can't, there's only a certain amount of characters. They can't say their full questions sometimes. So you can write a whole paragraph if you want. And I, I will read these personally. This is not going to be fielded by a producer of any kind. I'll go on and check this email, uh, personally and go through these questions. And then I'll use these for future podcast. This first question comes from Brandon on Instagram. He says, what are your plans for the truck after it's restored? And he's talking about uh, our series on this channel on YouTube called Restoring Earl Dibble's Old Truck. And we are 
we see the finish line. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is restoring Earl's truck. And um, after it's finished, first of all, I'll answer that two ways, Brandon. First of all, I'm going to drive this truck. I'm going to drive this truck a lot. It's probably going to become my main vehicle. It doesn't have air conditioning, so I'll probably use it as my main vehicle in the fall and winter. And when it heats up again in 2021, in the, the early summer, I'll, I might go back to an air-conditioned truck. Uh, but, man, I'm going to drive the heck out of it. But, the, but another way I'll answer this is, what are we going to do with the channel after we finish with Butch and Bull, my two bus drivers? What are we going to do when we finish the truck? And, I, and we're going to start something else. We're going to start restoring something else. So um, comment below or shoot me an email, GrangerSmithPodcast at Gmail, and let me know what you would like to see us restore. My thought is that we move to sticking with the theme of mom and dad's ranch where I got the old truck from out of the barn. I'm thinking about bringing that old Massey Ferguson. It's a, we have an old Massey 240 and, uh, it's a song that I've, it's a, it's a tractor I've used a lot in my life. It was dad's and I've used it in a bunch of songs. There's a song I have called tractor that talks about this particular Massey 240. It's in several music videos of mine. Um, most known for the music video tractor. And it's also driven by Earl Dibbles a bunch. And this is just an old tractor that's kind of falling apart. So I'm thinking about getting Butch and Bull and bringing that old Massey into the shop here at Yee Yee Apparel and starting that. So let me know if that's something you'd like to see or maybe we should do something else. Here's a question that says, what's the story with your food poisoning? Amber mentioned it on the Smiths. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that one answers that one for you, Tori. By the way, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you, and you haven't seen The Smiths, that's our family vlog channel. It has a separate YouTube channel called The Smiths. And um, love that channel. Very passionate about it. It's much more, um, it's much more personal, usually. Uh, and it involves my family. And it's a very personal vlog style. We're going to start building a farmhouse and restore and building that farmhouse. I'll, I'll do a series on this channel and on the Smiths as well. Uh, here's a question that's ironic that I kind of answered earlier too, is what do you do if you get a bad sore throat and you're on tour? That is, uh, something I got to work through. I got to play. I don't cancel shows because of sore throats. So, um, we keep on playing. Sometimes I have to change the melodies, but it sucks. Um, I could use different, different things to spray in my throat. Sometimes you could spray vodka literally on the back of your throat and it gives it just a little bit of, um, energy to get you through several songs. How do you feel when you see Yee Yee stickers on cars when driving? I feel great. I love seeing Yee Yee stickers on cars and I screenshotted this to remind myself that, um, one of these days we've, we've wanted to see one at the right time, the right place where maybe we're in the bus and we could actually stop the bus. And I, it would be amazing if we saw a Yee Yee truck, a truck with a Yee Yee sticker parked at a house in a driveway and we could literally stop the bus and all get out and go knock on the door of that house and see who drives that truck. I think that would be the coolest thing ever. And it would have to be the right place, right time. Um, but if you have a, if you have a sticker, uh, on your truck or on your car, park it in your driveway. And one of these days we'll pull the bus in and come say hi to you. It's a good question from Bailey on Instagram. It says, what can I do to teach myself to think in the present and not overthink the future? It's a great question and it's a great it's a great strategy and living in the present is such a, such an important aspect to sanity. And it's, it's important when I mention the concept of living in the present, because there's a difference between frivolous expedient living, like don't worry about anything, just live in the present, do it, do whatever comes to your mind. There's a, there's carelessness to that thought. And so pretty sure what Bailey means is the more conscious present living where you, you plan for the future, but you are aware that it can change. 
And you're not devastated if it does. You're not um, completely thrown off the rails if the future you plan for doesn't happen. Because the fact is, it might not. It's not guaranteed. You can't change the past. You can't guarantee the future. So the only thing you can, can control is right now in the present. So how do you teach yourself? The question is, what can I do to teach myself to think in the present and not overthink the future? The first thing that comes to my mind is devices, phones, and you have to limit your phone time because it, it creates an unconsciousness in the present for your brain. There's a lot of things in life that become such a distraction that it, it creates a literal unconsciousness of where you, where you are and what you're doing. It creates a, an unintentional daydream where you are transported from the present moment to whatever you're focusing on, on your scrolling or on your mindless TikToking, whatever, whatever your vice is. Um, so limit your time on there and, and start with the mornings and the evenings. Those are precious times. You can't spend your first waking hours scrolling social media because it's going to take you way off your path. And then you, the same thing, you can't do it at night, right before you go to bed, you need to give yourself about an hour. So for me, an hour before you go to sleep. So for me, I don't sleep with my phone in the same room. I have a a charger plugged into the wall outside of my bedroom that forces me to to leave the phone aside at night and in the morning. So when I wake up, I can't just reach for it on my bedside and start scrolling. There is an addiction to that. I feel it. Everyone feels it. And then at night, you don't have a tendency to sit there and stare at that screen right before you're so tired, you got to close your eyes and then you put it on your nightstand. So I get it out of my room. I get it completely away from me to get away from that kind of temptation. Um, Part of that problem is just that, that blue light, looking at that light. And we've all heard about this blue light problem of staring at screens and what that does to your, your brain as far as keeping you awake. But it's, it's such a huge problem in, in distracting you from being, having a conscious living. Another, another thing you could do is, um, whenever you, you lay your head down on the pillow, which is such a huge tendency at that time to start worrying or planning for tomorrow. Like you, you, you hit your head on the pillow and the lights are out and you close your eyes and you think, okay, what do I need to do in the morning again? I need to, okay, I need to make that. I need to return the, this phone call. I need to pay this bill. Oh, and on my way to work, I've got to remember to put air in my right front tire. That's low. And then, oh, and I forgot, I'm going to, I have a, I need to go to the dentist at three o'clock. So that means I need to take a short lunch break. I'm, you know, these are things that are not necessary when you get in bed, when you close your eyes. So I have a strict rule in my brain. Like I'm not thinking about tomorrow once I lay my head down. So how do you get away from that? Sometimes it comes all the way down to focusing on your breathing, focusing on, instead of thinking about tomorrow, thinking about the breaths coming in, the breaths going out, the chest rises, the chest falls, the belly rises, the belly falls, the, the air conditioner whirling out of the vent. Uh, you think about things that are present for you right now. It's also a really good way to fall asleep. And then during the day, you could do the same thing during the day. Driving is a good example. So many times when we're driving, we, we're, we're so distracted by daydreaming about the future or reminiscing about the past. It's easy to let miles go by in the car and you go, man, I, I forgot where I was the last five minutes. I've been unconscious. And I've heard people say, to grab that, that present moment back when you're driving, sometimes you got to put both hands on the steering wheel and grip that steering wheel and feel your hands and feel that vibration of the seat that you're sitting in. Feel the moment you're in and feel your hands on that, on that steering wheel. Feel, feel what it, that vinyl feels like in your grip. And that present thought of being right here, 
right now, not where I'm going, not that I'm running late, not that I'm in traffic, this ruins my day, but I'm right here. I'm right here in the seat driving my car. Those are ways to hack your brain into not overthinking the future. I'm going to take a quick break. This is an interesting question that says, did you ever break up with your wife before you married her? Amber and I have an interesting story and we have, I guess we have an interesting relationship, but I met Amber on the music video shoot. My very first music video shoot, she was the love interest in that music video called Don't Listen to the Radio. So you can you can go back and look at the 2009 music video of mine and see us on our first day. The first day we met, the first day we knew each other. And we fell in love. I fell in love with that girl. And we thought that maybe, or at least we worried that that love that 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 infatuation we felt for each other was because of the environment we were in and because the fairy tale setup that we were living in for that music video and so we wanted to at least i wanted to be cautious moving forward into an, a real relationship and she had a boyfriend at the time so the first thing that needed to happen was she needed to break up with the, with her boyfriend because regardless of me or how she felt for me, she was she had a wondering eye, meaning she wasn't totally satisfied or happy, I should say, with the guy she was with. So she did. She broke up with that guy. And three, or three weeks later or so, we met up for coffee at Starbucks after a show of mine, and we shut that place down. We, they closed down and put put chairs on top of, uh, the tables while we were still there with, they kicked us out and we had a really good connection. And it was just a few months later after that, I bought her a, a ring for her a wedding ring. And then a few months later after that, I proposed. And then a few months later after that, we got married. So all within a year of meeting, we were already married. The, the funny thing is in that video, don't listen to the radio. The The song is about trying to forget a girl. So I'm remembering in the video scenes of us in our good times and scenes of us in our bad times in a fictitious relationship. And we had a fake fight on set on the, in the video. So if you watch the video, you'll see a, like a fake fight where she's mad and she's throwing clothes into a suitcase and she leaves in a hurry and flies off in her car. And that is the only time that that's ever really happened to us. We've never gotten into a, a, a big drag out fight. We've never had a big heated argument. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I know why from my perspective, because she's an amazing girl that is very patient with me and takes my side a lot when maybe she shouldn't take my side, but I do that. I do that in return to her. So what comes first, her, her being so patient with me and me repaying that back to her or vice versa. I don't know. And it's irrelevant. The fact is we just have a really good relationship and we have for 10 years now, 11 years now, 10 years married and I'm very grateful for that. I feel like she's the biggest blessing of my life because relationships I had before her weren't like it. We fought all the time. And she talks about her past relationships. They fought all the time. So it's not something in my personality that is just non-confrontational to a girl. And same with her. It's just something that when we come together, our personalities work. It's a match. That's not to say that we don't uh, disagree, but we never let an argument because we want to be right, get in the way of our affection for each other and our, our passion for keeping each other 
happy and content and our fear of ever damaging with words the other person. Damaging Amber with words is a much greater fear of mine than me just being wrong in any, in any given situation. Um, and so when we, we don't see something eye to eye, we talk it out lovingly and that's just how it's been. Some people might think, well, how could you have a relationship if you don't have passion? I love passionate fighting because then we make up and it's amazing. And then we're better than we were before because we had, we let it all out and we had a big drag out fight. And then we had this, this beautiful makeup with each other. And then we're better. Hey man, that's amazing. If that works for you, my hat's off to you. And if if you're truly getting better each time that happens, that's great. But at the same time, I don't have something lacking in my relationship because we don't have passionate fighting. Uh, so that uh, that's that's the way it is. And to answer your question specifically here, do you did you ever break up with your wife before you married her? So that brings up an interesting point here because you could be listening and in a relationship without being married and you fight all the time. And to that, I would say, maybe you should break up for good. And sometimes that's, that's a hard reality to think about, but that's what I would have done. And that's what I would do now before I was married. Now, when you're married, that's different. You got to work through things. That's your obligation is to, for better or for worse, you got to, you got to find a way, even if it's through passionate fighting, you got to find a way to make it work because you have committed yourself to this other person in front of your family and, and before God. So marriage is very sacred to me. I believe marriage is a sacred thing. So you, you, you don't have that luxury just to back out as you would. But if you're dating and you're just fight all the time and you might, you might be in love. Cause I believe you can be in love with many people in your life. And then sometimes the love is small and then it could grow to a massive spousal love. Or sometimes it could just fizzle away. I think love, in my belief can, you could have a strong infatuation that feels like love and might even be love that doesn't turn into a lifetime of love. It could go away. So if you're in a situation where you fight all the time, I think you could break up and you're good. Unless you're married, don't do that if you're married. But if you're, if you're just dating, I think you'd be good with that. You might be better off. You got to be kind of selfish when you're dating. You can't be selfish when you're married. It's all about the other person when you're married. But when you're dating and you're single, hey, you could be selfish. That's okay. You need, it's actually more fair to that your partner, if you are selfish at the beginning, it's only fair to him or her that you're making the right decisions for yourself so that you could give your full self to them later. Does that make sense? This question says, why didn't you build your new house on your farm? You already had just curious. And I think you're talking about the Yee Yee farm where I am right now. Why didn't I build a house right here on the Yee Yee farm right next to Yee Yee apparel? And a couple, a couple answers. It's probably a good question. Um, this farm is not all mine. I own this with my brothers. So it would be a serious decision to make a three-way decision. If I'm just going to build my house right out here in the front of the property, um, because I would be carving out a homestead in the middle of a uh, commercial property that I don't fully own. And w what happens if they don't totally agree with that? That creates problems big time. So another reason is um, that there's people that work here, there's delivery services, there's our, you know, it's, it's very busy here at the Yee Yee farm. There's people coming in and out all the time. And when I go home, I always want a home that is not business related all the time. So I wouldn't want to live in a spot with my family 
where it's like, well, Granger's not here, but he's home. And it's just a couple hundred yards right that way. You can just walk down to his house. I would rather keep that separate. So although it would make financial sense to build a house right here, it doesn't make a, a total sense for me as a human being. Owen Dixon on Instagram says, how do you stay motivated? What helps you push through and do your best? It's a great question. And it's a tricky one. How do you stay motivated? What helps you push through and do your best? Um, discipline is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, discipline in, in my daily habits. It's easy to get off the track of motivation if you don't have a squared away schedule when you don't have to have a squared away schedule. Meaning, if you got to be at work at 8 o'clock and you, got, and you get off at 5, whatever, that's your schedule. That's what your boss makes for you. But when you could choose on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever your schedule might be, you have to kind of be careful with that because... I choose, me personally, to set my alarm the same time every day. And then if something happens, like like we work till on a music video till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to look at my, my alarm and go, Ugh, probably not going to get up at that time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get my seven hours in here. But I like to set my schedule and get up at the same time eat the same kind of breakfast and that keeps me motivated to stay on task to eventually do my best. And I want to set, instead of setting specific goals, I like to set intentions so that I'm going to wake up and my intention is to do this and this and this and this ultimately to have the best day that I can instead of worrying about next week or next month or this entire year it's hard to have a New Year's resolution and say, in 2021, I'm going to do this. It's way easier to go day by day. I have 365 days in, in 2021. And each of those days, I'm going to set an intention to be my best, to hold my tongue when I want to say something sharp to someone else, to listen more, to learn more. Maybe that's, that's with reading or listening to people that know more about life than I do. Uh, I'm going to be more involved with my family. I'm, you could set intentions like that. I'm going to, I'm going to be the best I can for Yee Yee Apparel and for my tour and for the new album. Uh, and so, to me, that starts with some kind of regimented schedule. That's the first thing I'm going to do to stay motivated. Otherwise, I'm going to go. I'll probably just stay in bed for a while. Let me parlay that right into the next question. Do you ever struggle with anxiety and how do you overcome it? That question really parlays into what I've said a couple times on this podcast already. <sighs> anxiety is a, is a tough thing. It's a dangerous thing. And it could be triggered by many things. The many things includes things that you can't control. And you really have to open yourself up to life, the struggle of life, and know that it's real, know that it exists, and be open to accepting that struggle as part of the plan. What do I mean by that? I mean, today, I could come in here thinking, Kevin, I got to knock out this podcast. I got to do a bunch of uh, cameos. I got to do, I got to uh, do a promo for the new album. I got to go in there and I got to, we have to do a photo shoot for the new apparel line. I have to meet with my brothers and we have a conference call with the new product we're going to put out. And on my way to the farm, a terrible storm comes in and blows out the, the road ahead of me. And my truck gets flooded, whatever. That, that, that is something that is inevitable. The struggle, the roadblock is inevitable and I can't control it. But what I can control is how I react to it. Now I could, I could look at that as like my day's ruined, everything's ruined. Or I could say, well, this sucks, but I expect a certain amount of suck with life. Cause I'm a human. I'm ex I expect a certain amount of struggle because I'm human. 
And if you could open yourself up to that, that's amazing. Now, at the same time, there are certain anxieties that you can control, right? So you got a bunch of things coming in that you can't, and you got a bunch of things coming in that you can. So let's focus on the ones that you can. So let's go back to what I said about the cell phone. The cell phone, you can control being addicted to social media and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling mindlessly, becoming unconscious at times that you don't need them, morning, night, your lunch break, whatever that might be. You can, you can control that. You can control when that phone rings and it's that someone that you didn't, you, you it just, they, there's someone in your life that drives you crazy every time they call. They always have a problem. They want you to fix it or they just want to complain about something and expect you to soak it in and listen. So you can control that too. You could either A, you don't, you don't have to answer that call anymore. B, you straight up tell them, listen, we'll throw mom in there. Moms are, are notorious for this from people I talk to. Mine is not. I love my mom. But you, could, you can get a call from your mom and go, you know what, mom? I don't have space right now for this problem. I love you. I, I, I want to be here for you. But I have heard you complain about this situation and I don't have space with everything going on with me right now to help you walk you through this problem. It's only going to make me worse and I need to be my best for you so that when you, you really need me, I need to be recharged and ready for your problem so that I can handle it. And right now I'm not, I'm dealing with some anxiety. I got some stuff going on at work. I got stuff at home and I can't be my best if I absorb your problem. So you got to deal with that right now. Everyone's got that person in your life. You got to deal with that person right now. It could be, you don't have to text them back right now, right? They text you and there's this long text and it's this big problem and you're, you're part of it. You don't got to reply right now. You could wait till tomorrow to reply. You could train them to, to know that you're not going to come at them and help them fix their own problem right now or their perception of how you, they think you messed up and you did them wrong. You don't have to fix that right now, right? That's a big deal. Let's deal with that together, okay? This question says, will there be an actual CD, talking about the new album, or is that too old school these days? Yes, there will be an actual CD. So this this new album is divided up into two volumes, volume one and volume two. Volume one is going to come out September 25th. Volume two is going to come out around Thanksgiving. Now, when volume two comes out, all of the songs from volume one will join it and they will combine into one big digital piece and one CD and one vinyl. So around Thanksgiving, It'll all, it's called Country Things Volume 1 and Country Things Volume 2, but by Thanksgiving, it'll just be Country Things, and it'll be all of them together, vinyl, CD, and digital. This question says, will you be releasing new music with Earl Dibbles Jr. anytime soon? Yes, yes, yes. So the this new Volume 1 will have a song featuring Earl with me, singing with Earl, and Volume 2 will have two Earl songs by himself. So yes, I will. Hang in there. We'll be doing music videos with those also. Here's one that says, what's your greatest advice for someone who wants to do country music? It's a hard one to even find a place to start with that question, but um, I would, I would highly suggest staying in your hometown Staying in your hometown. Don't move to LA or New York or Nashville. Uh, stay where you are. Build your following where you are. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Build your story. Um, this industry needs a story nowadays. It can't just, it's not like the old days where you move to Nashville and you, you get discovered and then you, you blow up. There's way more to it. You got to have a past. You got to have a, a struggle, a story, a, a way, a path of building a following in your hometown. And then what I always like to say too, and I answered this same question a lot of times and I'll keep doing it, but learn an instrument. If you know an instrument, learn another instrument. 
write songs like crazy, learn a recording software. I use Pro Tools. I'm recording Pro Tools as we speak for this podcast. There is not another producer in this room right now with this podcast. It's me, a camera, and Pro Tools recording audio through this microphone. And I could do that because I've spent many, many years recording audio. So I think it's important It's important to to learn a recording software and then play your songs into the recordings and listen to them over and over and over and critique yourself that way. This question says, do you remember your first show and how'd you feel about it? Um, I first, I first remember playing Amarillo by morning at a, a little camp retreat with a bunch of my high school friends junior middle school friends and getting up there because I played the guitar a little bit and sang a little bit, but not in front of people besides people in my own house. So people were nudging me like, Hey, you should, you should get up there. You should sing. And I remember getting up there and singing and I sang George Strait Emerald by morning and people started singing it back to me because it's a very popular song. And that feeling was was uh, very addicting. It's like, wait a minute, I could play these chords and sing, and then you guys will sing it back to me in a big party atmosphere. This is something I like. And I got very addicted to that. And then it became more and more and more. The second part of that question, how would you feel about it? Um, it wasn't too long after that that I started messing up and having mistakes, bad mistakes. Or maybe I was more conscious and aware that I wasn't good and I was messing up a melody or a word or a lyric or forgetting a verse. And then it got almost more addicting because I would get so mad at myself for messing up that I want, I needed to redeem myself and come back and sing another, another show and try to be better than I was on this terrible mistake. Um, I remember having a few video recordings of those early days and destroying those recordings. I wish I had them now, but I remember destroying them so that they would be gone forever because I messed up. <laughs> I really wish I could play that for you right now, but I don't have them. Um, here's a question that says, what's the hardest thing about being on the road? That's got to be, be um, the being away from family and friends, being sacrificing that country music dream for, um, being there for funerals and weddings. And there was a lot of, a lot of my buddies from college. There's a lot of weddings that I missed of theirs that on some levels, I regret not being there for those guys. Um, at the same time, that was part of the sacrifice to build a career meaning that if I had made a decision to be at a, one wedding, then why wouldn't I make the decision to be at another or a birthday party or a bachelor party or a, it, like where does it end before you know it? You've lost the foundation of your commitment to that dream. And unfortunately, the music business dream and being on the road revolves around weekends. And that's when everyone else does their parties. That's when all the weddings and, and birthday parties and bachelor parties and even funerals are on the weekends usually because no one else is working. So I would joke with my buddies and say, man, I can't be at your wedding, but could you make it on a Monday? No, because everyone works on Monday. Exactly. <laughs> I would say Monday is my Saturday to you. All right, I'll tell you what. A lot more questions. I'm going to take a quick break, reset the camera, be right back. I am very grateful to have this podcast brought to you financially supported by Ship Station, another sponsor. The holiday season is right around the corner, and this year we know that people are going to be buying a lot of stuff online, maybe more than ever before because of this crazy shutdown. So if you're an e-commerce seller, are you ready to meet the demands of the record-breaking online shopping season? you got to be ready with ShipStation. That means if you're selling online, getting a massive amount of orders, you can get those out quickly. And that could be really tough to do, right? So how do you even keep track? Where do you even start keeping track of all that stuff? 
Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates? These are all really good questions, and that's why my choice is ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. In just a few clicks, you're managing orders, printing out discounted shipping labels, getting your products out fast. And the result is a happier holidays for you and your customers. ShipStation takes the hassle out of holiday shopping. This is what we use right here at Yee Yee Apparel, and that's what allows us to take the decision-making out of shipping. That's not something you want to be worried about when you're worried about dealing with your product. Uh, no matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, uh, Shipping Station brings all of the orders into one simple interface. It makes it super easy to manage from even your cell phone. Here's the call to action. Right now, the Granger Smith Podcast listeners could try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code Granger. Make your business ready to meet the demands of a massive online shopping season. You can get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Granger. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the offer code Granger. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. I also want to tell you guys about Cameo. The best way to get a hold of me, to find me right now without meet and greets, you go to Cameo.com or you can download the app right there on your phone, Cameo, C-A-M-E-O. And you can find me, type in Granger Smith, and you could go on there. You could send me direct messages. I check those personally. No one else checks them but me. You could direct message me and we could have a conversation that way. You could also consign me to a, to deliver a video for you. So I'll get on my phone and I'll record a video message to you or your friends. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. Motivation. Answer a question. Whatever that might be, I could do that for you at Cameo.com. Really exciting times with this new album coming out. And um, I'm going to be really excited when I could finally have these songs out for you guys to listen to. And I could ask you what your favorite one. That's one of my favorite things is to say, Hey, what, what song are you guys digging right now? We have hate you like I love you and country things out there in the world. And I can't wait for the other six to come out and then for volume two to come out and you get another eight songs. So 16 songs total. Um, Yee nation. I'm super excited to, to finally get those to you. Um, one of these questions on Instagram says, Yee storefront, question mark. And that's tough, especially these days, thinking about all the stores being shut down earlier in 2020 and thinking about, I'm sure glad we didn't have a Yee apparel storefront. But I will say that one of my dreams is to be able to have a Yee seed and feed, like a general store slash feed store slash apparel slash good old boys drink coffee and hang out on the front porch and talk about the weather. That's something um, I think would be so cool. Yee Yee Seed and Feed. That was Tyler's title. I think it has such a good, a nice ring to it. And um, it might be something we actually start up. So stay tuned for that. It's a good question. Uh, Will we get to watch your new house being built on the Smiths? Yes, you're going to watch. I'm going to do a version of it on the Smiths. I'm also going to do a version right here on the Granger Smith YouTube channel. Um, it'll be something like building my dream farmhouse and we'll go in different parts so that I could show the extreme details of the build through this channel and then the family aspect of it through the Smiths channel. And it, you could also be able to, so like, uh, you know, part, it'll say part 22, putting on the roof, <laughs> whatever, you know, and, and everything we're doing is custom. So it should be really fun, but then you can go back and watch part one, part two, part three, leading up to it. Just like we're doing with a truck restore. Uh, here's a question. Can you tell me more about cameo, please? I'd love to keep in contact with you. Yeah. So like I just mentioned cameo, you just download the app on your phone or go to on your computer, cameo.com and search Granger. You'll find my profile, click on it, and then you could see the options. Send me direct messages or uh, make video requests, and I'll do whatever you want. It's super easy. Are you currently selling merch at your shows? I'll be in Cincinnati on the 2nd. Yeah, we're still selling merch. I know it's a crazy time. I know it's an, a very unknown time, but we are carrying merch, and we are selling it. It depends on the venue, on how you line up and social distance or wear your mask or whatever, whatever rules of the venue 
We follow those, but you could still get Yee Apparel at all the shows. Just no meet and greets yet. That sucks. Hate that. Here's a question that Molly Tisdale asks me every single time. Every time I say, ask me questions for the podcast, Molly Tisdale comes on here and says this. Do you believe you need to be baptized to get into heaven? Molly, um, it's such a deep question, and it would take me an hour to go through everything. And, and there is a great divide amongst Christians. Some believe you do need to get baptized to get into heaven. Some believe you don't, that it is instead an outward expression of an inward change, which I think is such a, that's a cool sentence. Let me say it again. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. That's what I believe. So my answer, my quick answer is, do I believe I need to get baptized to get into heaven? My quick answer is no, I do not. I do believe it's important. And I do believe that if you dig enough into the scripture, there's enough evidence for me not listening to anyone's advice, not listening to preachers, not listening to evangelists. There's enough evidence right there in the word of God in the scripture that you do not need to get baptized. There is a, there is, the reason you're asking, I don't know which way you feel, Molly, but there is, there is some scripture that can be, can, can seem vague that, well, maybe, maybe that's what Peter was talking about, that you need, you actually physically need to get baptized to experience heaven. Well, I want to, before I get, you know, be, instead of getting super deep into those particular scriptures, I don't have that in front of me. I do this podcast completely off the cuff. I don't have notes in front of me. I'm not prepared to give you those specific things I'm talking about, but I will refer you to a really good podcast called Desiring God. It's led by an ava- amazing preacher named John Piper, J-O-H-N-P-I-P-E-R. John Piper is um, a fantastic human being, older gentleman, very knowledgeable. He could, you could type in, how about this? You could type in, and on, in, on YouTube, John Piper baptism, and he will lead you on a really good path that I fully endorse. The short answer just from the just from surface level, I could answer that without scripture, just surface level, and why I disagree with thinking that you have to physically get baptized is because look at are you telling me that what if you're in prison? What if you're in prison and you you become a Christian, meaning you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, accept the fact that he came and, and died on the cross as a, as a forgiveness of the sins of humanity, and that by believing in him is the way, the truth, and the light, that, that you will be a follower and have eternal life in heaven with him. What if you do that in prison and then you die? And you were never baptized. Are you saying that you are damned eternally? What if, what if, how about this, Molly? What if you're in your car or you're at home and you become a Christian, fully, wholeheartedly become a Christian and you get in your car and you say, that's it. I'm reborn. I'm a Christian. I am now a follower of Christ. And you get in your car to head to, ch- to church to get baptized. You get in a car accident and die. Is it, is, you think God's going to go, ooh, technicality, gotcha. Ooh. If you had just not gone through that intersection, you could have gotten eternal life. Sorry. I don't think that's the case. I believe wholeheartedly that's not the case. And there is, there is one very distinct uh, time in the Bible when, when Jesus is on the cross and the thief next to him 
which we are led to believe lived a, a, a life without Christ. And the thief looks at Jesus and says, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? And Jesus looks back at him without hesitation and says, yes, today you will be with me in heaven. Well, um, Jesus didn't say, I think you need to step off the cross real quick, get baptized, come back to me, and then we'll talk. Um, and I don't mean to make a joke out of it, but um, that's just the way I feel. And and I would encourage you guys not to take my word for it, but but go to Scripture yourself. And then even further, maybe um, if you if you can't interpret it as well, go to John Piper, type in John Piper baptism, and I think you'll get a, the you'll get the answer that I believe in. I'll say that you'll get my. Uh, full endorsement behind John Piper. He's a magnificent human being, and it's probably my favorite podcast. Other than this one, thank you guys for listening. Love y'all so much. Um, I, I seriously appreciate the fact that you guys could come in here and listen to this podcast, and especially the ones that can make it to the end. That's like a new, you guys are a new level for me. We have been sitting here at the Yee Farm together, having a conversation. Um, if you're on a road trip, if you're driving your truck right now, if you're on a big rig, love you guys, man. Y'all stay safe. Yee Yee, we'll see you soon. <laughs>